Welcome to Sacred Magic. Violet is on a quest to bring sacredness back into our everyday experiences. Anyone can have an extraordinary life when they are able to tap into the sacred magic within. Violet and her guests will be sharing their divine passions, inspirations, and stories of connecting with their sacred magic. We are so happy you have joined us today. Let's get started with your host, the magical creator of Discover Your Spiritual Gifts, Violet Rain. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sacred Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Violet Rain. And my guest today is Emily Wishaw, which is an embodiment coach, certified rofer, author and podcast host. She's dedicated advocate for empowering women to love their bodies by cultivating a deep sense of embodiment. With unyielding commitment, Emily supports women in embracing their bodies exactly as they are while actively challenging the societal narrative that links a woman's worth and enoughness to her weight and appearance. I personally love that. Okay. <laughs> Having personally experienced feelings of insecurity, shame, exhaustion, and confinement in her own body, Emily's story has fueled her passion for guiding others on a path of transformation. Through her own journey, she's gained deep insights into helping her clients overcome limitations in a shorter time frame, unlocking a world of freedom and pleasure on the other side. Now, the one thing I've learned in hosting all these podcasts that I've done for several years, yeah, people get to this place from their own personal journey. So share with me how this came about for you, because usually it's our own personal journey that drives us to want to help others. Yeah, totally. It is. Um, I'll do my best to give like a little bit of a condensed version with still the, the juice of it. Um, so in regards to like my own story of, of hating my body, which is really what propelled and fueled the work I offer now coming it to be at a completely different place in relationship with my body and how I view myself. Um, I first started remembering hating my body at the age of eight. So it was like an eight-year-old little girl. And I know that's not an uncommon age to me. I'm like, it's so young. It breaks my heart seeing my nieces now at that age. Um, but it's when I first remember feeling like I was fat. And um, I, and it's important to name that fat is not a feeling. We often think like, oh, I feel fat. I feel fat. But usually if we're having those feelings, really what we're feeling is maybe unlovable or unaccepted or like we're not receiving approval. And be, based on what I was seeing, you know, in the world, in my familial unit, in school, et cetera, I decided that at eight, that I was too fat to be fully loved and accepted. And that story really perpetuated most of my life into my mid twenties, where I never really vocalized it to others. It was more my own internal story and struggle of, okay, how can I fix myself? Meaning how can I lose weight? How can I you know, get my body under control in an effort so that then I can be happy or that then others will love me or then I'll be more confident or whatever that, you know, story may be. And so I, um, <laughs> so many things I, and I have a bachelor's degree in exercise science. Um, I was emphasizing at the time I was going to go into physical therapy. It's a whole other story of how I ended up there, but I remember also thinking, okay, if I just like really learn, you know, anatomy and I understand the physiology of the human body, 
then, you know, from, from understanding it analytically, then I can get control of like my eating or I can be more disciplined or, you know, it was always like, I wanted to be, I was hard on myself. I was really, really, really hard on myself. And, um, you know, I even remember leading up to my college graduation, caring more about how my body looked than my college degree. Like it was more important that I looked the quote unquote fitting image of a young female college graduate with an exercise science degree, you know, with like toned arms or whatever, versus like actually feeling successful and accomplishing something significant. Um, and I'm sharing all that just to give a little background of that journey of growing up and coming into B. And um, I did not become a physical therapist. I discovered the fascia of our body, which if anyone's unfamiliar with the fascia, it is our soft tissue skeleton. So if you think of like a spider web like matrix, um, if you were to take away everything in our body, you know, our skin, our bones, our muscles, and left just the fascia, you would have this soft tissue skeleton matrix that very much still resembled you. Um, but it's everywhere from superficial to deep. It's what gives muscles their shape. It holds organs in, in place. Um, so it was my discovery of the fascia that led me to a more alternative route, led me to a form of manual therapy called Rolfing Structural Integration. Before I went to Rolfing School, though, I lived at a yoga center for six months. And again, my mind going into it was like, oh, great. I'm going to only eat organic food for six months. I'm going to do yoga every day. All, all the pictures of girls I see doing yoga, you know, they're so skinny. They're so little. This is going to be my secret to getting thin. You know, it was, there was larger motivations for, for doing these different things. And I had, I've always just been a deeply curious person. I'm somebody who continually desires to learn. And there was always this internal underlying factor of the more I learn, the more I do, like it's to get thin. I wanted to be quote unquote thin or skinny or what that looked like to me. And um, it's exhausting, right? To always have that ticker tape of being really hard on myself, of never feeling like my body was, was quote unquote good enough, just how it was. And it, Kripala was, uh, if anyone knows Kripala, it's in the Berkshires in Western Massachusetts. Uh, it's a huge retreat center, but it's where I lived for six months and is where I, you know, really deepened my own yoga practice, deepened my own meditation daily practice, where, where I really began to begin this embodiment journey. And this was just over 10 years ago now. And where I started to have moments of noticing, whoa, what is it like when I'm really in my body and not in my head? And how distinctly different it was in regards to how I related to myself, how I internally talked to myself, as well as how I related to others in my community. I was more just at ease. I was more in myself versus popping up and out trying to prove myself. So after Kripalu, I moved to Boulder to attend um, the Dr. Ida Rolf Institute, which is to be a certified welfare. And... There's, there's more to the story, but, but after, you know, becoming a rolfer, working with hundreds of, you know, bodies, like literally feeling the fascia on a daily level, um, myself receiving work going through, I I'm a teacher in what's called the art of feminine presence. Um, so I did a year long feminine leadership mastery program, which really to me brought together these worlds of like understanding the physical body so well, and then understanding more energetic bodies and where those interweave and, had this prof most profound moment um, of first being in my womb space, which may or may not sound strange or what, but like literally being in the center of my pelvis. And for those of us who are female, 
our pelvis is our center of gravity and our womb space, regardless of if you have your physical womb or not, that energetic space is, I believe, our, our center of creativity, of stamina, of connection, of being able to receive support from below to feel safe and being seen. And understanding and learning how to be in that space is huge in regards to, it was one of the most significant shifts. There was, there was a myriad of things, right? That like have propelled me forward and learning how to embrace my body and be gentle with myself versus being this harsh, rigid, like I just got to diet. I got to restrict. I got to go to the gym more, blah, 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 which all even saying that make me feel contracted in nature. Um, but it was through learning how to inhabit my entire pelvic bowl where I realized, oh my God, like I have had been void. I've had a void within me most of my life. And because I felt like I had this void, I would, you know, numb it with overeating food, um, numbing in other ways and never feeling like I was enough because I was not in myself. I had left myself. And so through learning and continuing to learn and continuing to increase my capacity, I think embodiment's an ongoing journey, discover that like I am enough exactly as I am now. And it wasn't from trying to overpower myself mentally, meaning I wasn't like, you know, just be positive and like, I am enough. And instead it was, no, just this feeling of like, here I am, I'm enough completely, which was so much more easeful, so much more relaxed, so much more natural than everything I had been trying up until then. And so getting to your, your question of like, how did I get to where I am now of having now this sense of like, what it's really like to love my body, what it's really like to like embrace my body exactly as it is. And through, I believe the path to loving our body is learning how to inhabit our body, which we first have to feel safe in order to do. And because I've been on the other spectrum of knowing what it's like to have constant preoccupation with oh my God, like, do I need to suck my stomach in? Or, oh my God, like we're going to be wearing a bathing suit. Like I'm giving so much anxiety or so, you know, it was like this constant ticker tape. And I just believe that's unfortunately so common for so many, you know, not only women, but specifically women. And it robs us of so much energy of so much of our life force and being now on the other side of that journey and realizing the distinct difference it is what really is what fuels my passion for really wanting to offer radical embodiment and be of service to other women to help support them of you can be in your body it's okay it's safe there are tools there are strategies that support you in coming into there to help you love yourself love your body more and more and i think the more we love and accept ourselves as we are the more acceptance and inclusivity we naturally bring into the world. Um, and it feels important for me just to name, just because I love and embrace my body now, doesn't mean I don't have thoughts of like, oh, wow, like my tummy's feeling pudgy or, oh, wow. I, you know, look, look at my, you know, I see a picture of myself and maybe have some negative thoughts, but the, the choice, the, the significant difference is I'm not ruled by those thoughts. One that they're not so constant. They're much more infrequent but also I'm able to notice them pretty quickly and that I use those opportunities as, okay, maybe this is a time I need to slow down. Maybe I just need to take a breath. Let me look at that thought, right? Is that true? Is that loving? Is that kind? And so I have more empowered choice around the thought versus going into habituated reaction.
action without even a conscious choice of, of what I'm doing after that thought. I love that. I love that. I, I, yeah. as you're talking, I'm thinking of so many things like, mm. you know, so many people that are on a spiritual journey or spiritual path want to be somewhere else, but in the physical. And we came here to be in the physical. We came here to have the experience in our body. And so it's so important. It's almost, it sounds a lot like being aligned with who you are in that I am divine being presence, because we forget that we're these magnificent, beautiful, sacred beings that are just sitting in a physical vessel there's yes. so much more to us than that. Yes. And the other thing that I love to talk about, I'm a sacred person. So I'm trying to bring sacredness back into the mainstream because I think we've forgotten it. And one of my key points in sacredness is how do you respect yourself? Because mm-hmm. if you don't love and respect you, you're going to attract in lots of people that aren't going to love and respect you. And it's about having that love and respect for ourselves. And I think we feel so separated from everything that we forget that we're connected to this beautiful planet. There's so much healing here. If we'll just lean into it. And then I also think about children as we're growing up, um, goals or expectations placed on us not only by family, but friends and acquaintances and going to school and that expectation. Oh my gosh. It's so much. It's a lot. It's It's a lot. And those little seeds that get planted by uncle John or aunt Mary, when we're really little, that we don't even remember a lot of times that feed into our psyche and our beliefs of ourselves. Right. And I don't think they intentionally meant to hurt us. They were trying to encourage or motivate us, but those seeds are not motivating. My mother has been passed for a long time and she had a lot of seeds planted in her psyche of her not being enough. Right. Mm -hmm. And watching her journey through this life and watching the sadness and just everything in her life as a child looking at her I learned from her that I didn't want that for me right I wasn't going to accept that I've always been one of those that you know I'm driven the other way if you tell me I can't do something okay, stand back and watch because I'm going to prove you wrong. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't always work for other people, right? And we get stuck in these thought patterns that we're not even aware of, that we're listening to, that are part of our everyday journey. So those are kind of my immediate thoughts, just what you're seeing, because so many people don't realize what they're saying to themselves on a regular basis, what's playing in their head. Totally. And, 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 and we, if even if, as unconscious as it is, our nervous system, our fascia is, is believing that, and it will manifest either in, um, you know, whether it be like emotional distress, physical distress. Um, I love what you said, just even that bringing the sacredness back into life and our physical vessel, our body is, is our vessel in this life. And I actually think like 
that's so simple and tangible that that can be such a nice entry point for folks. I'm always trying to think of what are some easy access points, some easy ways of entry into starting to soften the judgment rigidity around our physical body um, and just even recognizing, yeah, this is my vehicle in this life. Like this, I get one. And it just, I, I think it's confronting in a supportive way, meaning it's like, oh, wow, this is my one body. Like, I don't want to spend my this life experience hating or being harsh. Like, I really would like to do my best to allow this body to thrive in its best capacity through learning about it, through wanting to be in it, being present in it, like not bypassing our body, right? Like, I think sometimes in spiritual work, it's like, let's just bypass our body. Let's just get out of here. But um, I don't believe that that is, is the way. Um, I think that it's an integration. I think that if we're just constantly bypassing maybe what we're feeling, bypassing sensation, um, I actually think that's just another level of suppression or blocking us off from our capital T truth. Well, and our body is a great teacher. And when you can really understand your body, and this is my perspective, this is not yeah. Emily's, but you know, I know why I'm the size I am. I totally get why I am the way I am. Because when I was younger, I had a lot of men that thought they could touch me on a regular basis, whether they had permission or not. So yeah. I created a safe vessel to yeah. be in because I wanted to feel safe. Now, do I necessarily need that? Probably not. But it helps me be me and feel safe to move. It serves and you. It, it, it yeah. serves. And, and it I comes love back my to, body. Yeah. And I thank you for sharing that. And like, because that is deeply vulnerable. And it, it it's our 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 bodies are in are in, like incredibly intelligent, you know, so intelligent. And if we are, especially as little children and little girls going through things that are way beyond what we should be experiencing and deeply traumatic we're going, our bodies are going to create a strategy to help us feel a little bit safer, to help us manage it a little bit more. Um, yeah. And, and I think loving yourself and knowing that, right. I yeah. can say that publicly, this is the why I'm the way I am. And I know that, right. Yeah. Um, and it provides me comfort and safety. Could I change that today? Yeah. If I, if I wanted to change my thought process and thinking and feel safe, I think I could melt it away. I believe we're such powerful beings mm -hmm. that we can create a reality however that we want to create it. But to love my body and say, thank you so much for giving me another day to walk on this planet, mm -hmm. to allowing me to feel safe and secure in my body, whether we're thin, whether we're a little curvy, mm -hmm. whether we're heavy, it's about loving that that is. And I feel like when you do that, then your body is going to form to the best, best position for you and loving it and not hating it. Right. And so, yeah, it doesn't mean putting a mask on it because some of us put a mask. Oh, yeah, I'm beautiful. Oh, yeah. But we don't feel it here. I mean, it's really stepping in and going, I feel it. God bless you, you. right? Um, it's it's having that space and being truthful with yourself, right? Being really honest and vulnerable and truthful on where you're at 
and why you're here and what this is about. I think that opens so many opportunities for us. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I love, I, I just love that. So what are some of the things that have helped you? You've talked a little bit. So your offer, I don't understand it. It's such a new term for me. And mm -hmm. fascia is such a new term. Mm -hmm. Can you share a little bit about what that means and define that a little bit for us? Yeah, I'm happy to. So um, the word Rolfer or Rolfing comes from Dr. Ida Rolf. Um, she formed a line of work called Structural Integration. Rolfing's like this quote unquote nickname um, that now is also official. <laughs> um, but I think it's helpful to even frame it as structural integration when, when it's a new thing. And so the idea is a manual therapy, also working with movement as well with someone's body with the ultimate goal of supporting them to come back into natural alignment. And so the system we're working with is the fascia, which I briefly brought up earlier. Our fascia has both fibrous and elastic properties. We need both. We need the elasticity to help us move with ease. We need that fibrosity, that collagen matrix to hold things in place to give us structural integrity. What happens with repetitive movement patterns, um, just being in one position, um, trauma, emotional, physical trauma, stress, et cetera, is we, with time, with life, we become overly fibrous or rigid in certain areas and muscle groups move as one unit as opposed to being able to move independently. And so we start to get pulled out of alignment. We start to lose our ability to move with ease. And so part of what Rothing is doing is to help rehydrate the tissue to restore some of that elasticity. And it's what it's, it has all led me into the style of embodiment coaching I do now, because I think our fascia is so essential. I think our fascia is a huge part of our own self-perception and some fascia has been ignored for like only until the last 20 years has research been done on it. And some of the latest research is showing it is our largest sensory organ. For years, it was just defined as connective tissue, end of, end of discussion, but it's so much more than that. And being somebody who's worked with the fascia for seven plus years now, um, I see the profound impact of when someone has healthy fascia, which isn't just like snap your fingers, do one session, you have healthy fascia. No, it's an ongoing daily way that we can tend to our body, tend to ourselves. It shifts how we perceive ourselves. Um, it shifts how you hold yourself. I mean, my work just naturally allows people to have a more easeful, upright posture. And I'm always thinking about this line. So if you think if you had a plumb line going down the center of your body, how does your body orient around that line? We can think of that from a very structural standpoint, from a physical standpoint, as I do in my Rolfing practice. But I also view that line from a very much more emotional and energetic standpoint and the work I do with my coaching clients of how, you know, thinking of, can we line up center point of head, center point of heart, center point of pelvis, and how does somebody's experience shift when they're in those three points of, of contact? Um, but actually, I think even when somebody's embodying that energetically, it will shift their posture. I realize I'm saying a lot and kind of pulling a lot of threads. So I'm, I'm hoping it's everyone's who's listening is able to, to track and stay with me. Um, but even like working with fascia is something I'd even do my, all my coachings over the phone, but it's something I have my coaching clients do in regards to if 
you know, we're working more with emotional processing and emotional repatterning. But if we can also bring into where your body's holding on to old trauma, where your tissue is overly fibrous and condensed and in something and a pattern that served you very well, but is no longer serving you, meaning that person is in a more resourced place to let's let this go. It actually allows then as we rehydrate, we're literally creating more space within our body that I believe I've personally experienced and I have seen clients experience allow us to process emotions more readily. Meaning it's not like, you know, we get really sad or get really angry or something happens to us. And we're just like, we're so tight in our fashion network that we're like, if you think of a rubber band already really taut and at our edge point, and then we're just going to snap, right? We're just going to react in whatever way that looks for us habitually. But the more fascia, like health you have, the more space you have in your internal body and system, the greater your ability and capacity to allow that emotion to move through you, meaning you're feeling it, you're not bypassing or suppressing it, and you're able to then process it in a more healthful way. So it sounds like it's a really great process for people that have experienced trauma, probably abuse lots of different things or emotions that they've held on so yeah. they can release. Does everybody, Emily, remember what happened to begin with? Do a lot of people, do you find that some of your clients don't really know how they got here? And as you start to unwind some of this, there's some aha moments of, oh, that's what Yeah, happened. for sure. I think the both and. I mean, most of my clients, once they find me, have gone through therapy, have done a fair bit of work. Um, and that's depending on someone's history. If, if they have a deeper history of, um, you know, deep sexual trauma or abuse, that is generally a requirement I have. Um, I also have folks who, you know, still have had trauma in their life, but maybe not as intensely significant as that. But normally they, they're on their, their growth path once they find me, um, which allows us, we go pretty deep, pretty quick. And yeah, totally people on the phone, on my table, both situations will, you know, often we have emotional releases, just all of a sudden tears coming from their eyes. And it's not always the case, but often that happens. And they're, you know, first people want to apologize. And I'm always like, there's never a need to apologize for tears. I really believe tears are resistance, leaving the body, allowing for more space, allowing for a new story. So anytime tears flow, I think it's very helpful. And often they're like, I don't even know why I'm crying. You know, I don't know this story. And in my perspective, of course, I want to know people's story. I want to know their background. And in those moments, the story is not important because if we also, sometimes they might get tied into the story and want to start retelling it. Mm, yep. And it's not for a matter of that. I don't care. I want to know, but I want them to stay present in the sensation of what's currently, what are they feeling in their body? What, what sensations present? And I keep inviting them back into that sensation because that's how we're going to actually process through and not just re-traumatize ourselves or relive the experience, right? If we're just always like constantly going back into the story of it, we're not actually moving through it fully. And if our nervous system's at a place where we're having that emotional release and you really, it's important, you, you need support, I really believe in some capacity to really move, move through this so that you can be held, right? Because that's how you're going to feel safe, your body to be able to release this. 
Um, but yeah, I'm always, I'm always wanting them to track what's the current sensation. Let's stay with the sensation more than the story or this happened, that happened. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I so sometimes, it. yeah, there is a story they know sometimes it's, it's, they don't know, or often, yeah, like I've had, you know, somebody will remember sort of, oh my God, I forgot this happened when I was 14, right? It just pops into their head. So it's, it's, it's kind of all of it. One, they maybe they're aware of this trauma, have forgotten about it. Two, maybe it's a trauma they've actively worked for, but can still feel it lingering. Um, or three, maybe it's something they've totally forgotten about and it's just re-triggering. Or four, they're having an emotional release and they don't even have an idea of what story it's related to. I love that. That means we're all different and how we release is different, right? And I think even an individual in a given moment, right? I don't think that each individual has one way of releasing. I think it depends on what layer is being released. Where is your body at? What is being released? Yeah. 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 That makes total sense. So share with our audience some of the things that you offer, how they find you, how they can work with you, because some people will reach out from these and have some experiences and would love to have your help. Yeah. Um, so my website's radicalembodiment.com. So folks can go there. Um, I have two main, I have three main ways of working with me. One is I have a 12 week private coaching program for women. It's called the embodied confidence program. And that's where you work with me one-on-one. I also have an online um, program, an online course called Body Love, 12 Weeks to Happiness and Confidence in Your Own Skin. Um, And that's a really um, detailed um, curriculum that goes week by week. And any participant who goes through that course, you also receive weekly support from me Um, because I've done online courses. I know what it's like to like not to fall off, right? The, the, The cadence of keeping consistent with it. And so it's important with me when I have clients going through that program of I'm every week checking in on them, giving them support, helping them stay accountable. And if they hit some roadblocks, because it's some deep work, um, we do that. And then also if anyone's local into the Boulder area, um, you can also see me for in-person Rolfing sessions. Um, And I have a free gift if somebody's just, you know, intrigued by this conversation, is curious about embodiment, has maybe done some, or maybe the idea of, you know, Okay, just drop into your body. It's like, well, what does that mean? Um, I have a free gift. It's on Radical Embodiment, my website. And you can just click free gift. Um, it'll take you to the page, but it's called Stop the Body Hate. And um, it's a 20-ish minute guided meditation where I'm taking you through step-by-step, helping you to get to be in your body. So the experience of being in your body is very different than thinking about being in your body. Um, it also comes with a detailed step-by-step PDF that you can print out. You can have on your phone just for those moments. If you catch yourself in a mental loop of being negative or harsh towards yourself, um, it will support you in being able to slow down that loop and anchor into the present moment and anchor back into yourself and into your truth. So I love that. I love that. That's awesome. Thank you. And I'm of course on Instagram. Um, Emily Wishall in Radical Embodiment. But yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone for listening today. And thank you, Emily, for taking the time to be on the podcast and sharing what you do. I I love that. And I love that journey for people to be able to really work, do that healing work. Cause I think it's really important and powerful. Yeah, um, thank you, Violet. Thank you yeah. for having me. Yeah. I'm really grateful to get to share here.
Awesome. It's been a great day. So thank you for listening. I hope you'll follow us and subscribe on all of our channels and have a magical day. Take care, everyone. Are you seeking an online spiritual education resource? Do you crave to know more about various topics of spirituality? Discover Your Spiritual Gifts Academy offers a wide variety of programs, including Crystal Alchemy, Tarot, The Journey of the Fool, Akashic Record Reading Certification, and much more. These online courses allow you to learn on your schedule and at your own pace. You can find out more at www.discoveryourspiritualgifts.academy. Thank you for joining us. To find out more about Violet, head over to discoveryourspiritualgifts.com. You can also send a personal message to Violet through email, violet at discoveryourspiritualgifts.com. If you love the show, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Until next time, remember, we are all meant to have abundant and joyful lives. We hope to see you soon at Discover Your Spiritual Gifts.